Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello. Uh, good day to you. Hope you're having a good start to the day. So all is well on our front. We're looking forward to uh, going on holiday. We're going to the Far East this time. Very excited. Been on the bucket list for a while going to do uh, Bali, Malaysia and Singapore. So probably by the time you're listening to this, I may already be away, if not already. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to that summer break, taking the kids away and enjoying some time off. Uh, about three weeks in total, but hopefully you won't even notice because the content will be going out as per normal. <laughs> One weekly podcast episode will still be hitting your uh, podcast platform near you and the LinkedIn content will still be active as well, which is... Uh, which is, uh, you know, how you want things to be. You want to have a systemized process in no matter what business you're in so that things can still tick in your absence and mean that you can truly build a business that can run without you. And that's what these podcasts are all about, to help you to do exactly that. And you can absolutely do that with your practice. So today's subject has been inspired by a question that I received from a reader of The Four Pillars. Hint, if you haven't got your copy yet, you need to get onto one straight away. From Munich, actually, for somebody working in a firm in Munich and reached out to me and said they've been reading it and really enjoying it and got through it in a day. And they had a question around the allocation of work. So I talk a lot about in the chapter four, pillar four, about people and how to build that team, how to attract the best talent, retain your high performers, what kind of culture to create, what really motivates your employees, everything to do with autonomy, mastery, and purpose. So the question was, from that, how do you now allocate work? How do you know how much work to give to your team members? Okay, well, let's spend some time going through this and some of the the ways that we do this in our, our firm. Firstly, it's important to know that there is only a finite amount of work in your firm right? And you should not be the one that is involved in the technical day-to-day. You should not be the one that's doing the accounts, the tax returns. Of course, if you're just starting out and it is just you at the very beginning, then absolutely you'll be doing everything. But what you want to be doing is to be building those systems, writing those processes so you can make your first hire as soon as possible and get stuff out of your brain into a process, into Loom videos that other people can follow to do the job as efficiently as you would do it yourself and to save you the training time that would be required to get somebody on board to do it to your standard but once you have those you know systems and processes in place and you start to build the team one thing I recommend you do is to not go the mistake often people make is to save money they hire someone with very little experience and the problem with that is is that yes it's not going to cost you much financially but it's going to cost you a lot in terms of time your time will be sucked up training that person holding their hand giving you know being there all the time to be able to help them. You can't just leave them to get on with it. That's one of the biggest mistakes that firm owners make is to recruit people who don't have the necessary skills or experience to actually do the job, to take the technical work away from you. Now, there are people out there who you don't have to pay a huge salary to. There are people out there who would value other things, which is why I talk a lot about creating that culture that attracts the best talent. 
You don't have to pay over the odds. You don't have to pay what a top 10 or a top 20 firm would pay to attract really good, hardworking talent that want to work in a place where they are appreciated, their skills are valued, and they get to, they get that autonomy and that freedom to work around their other commitments. So that is one big thing that you can offer. Anybody can offer this, you can offer this, you can offer a an environment where people can work when, where, and how they want as long as the work gets done. And hopefully the pandemic has shown you that it's possible. And it, the bottom line is it, it boils down to you. You need to get your mindset right in that the default position should not be that all employees cannot be trusted. And we can't trust them if they're not in the office and they must be slacking if they're working from home or you know they're working from a coffee shop. That's not the case. When you take time out of the equation, get rid of the timesheets, get rid of the FaceTime, the presenteeism, then all that's left is results. So you focus on the results, you hold people accountable to the results, and you give them the autonomy to go away and get on with it however they feel best, wherever they feel best, manage the demands of their personal life and their work in order to deliver the results that you would expect. So first things first, I would say, you know, don't hire inexperienced, low-skilled people. Now, there are, if you haven't already, then do explore offshoring, because with offshoring, you can get access to a pool of talent across the globe who are highly experienced for a fraction of the cost as to what it will cost you here in the UK. Now, granted, some of those may not be able to be client-facing, although in time they could be, but people in the Philippines, for example, people in uh, the subcontinent are highly skilled and highly efficient at what they do. So that could be the first thing that you do if you don't have a huge budget to splash out on a client manager here in the UK, which might set you back, you know, 30, 40,000 pounds. Whereas in the Philippines, for example, you could get a, a highly skilled accountant that can certainly, you can train up to do the accounts because the Philippines aren't always familiar with the UK tax system, UK account system. I'll be India and Pakistan are, so if you find somebody in India Pakistan, then we'll be familiar because they are trained under ACCA. You could get them to do the accounts for you Certainly, the Philippines are fantastic at bookkeeping. You get somebody there to take over the bookkeeping for you as well. With regards to payroll, lots of uh, competent providers out there that can white label the service for you so you don't have to do that as well. So first thing to do is to kind of off offshore outsource, engage somebody to do the technical work for you so you can focus on actually building a team, building your business, do only the things that move the needle forward for you and building that business can, that can ultimately run without you. So that's the first thing you want to do. You want to get access to that skilled labor that allows you to do so. The second thing now is to, rather than be task focused and you're being in control of allocating work to people, you need to delegate that. So that's part and parcel of the autonomy piece. So what you want to do is you don't want to have a system like a, um, you know, a, a factory where you've got production line and everyone just comes in and just pick whatever's on the production line. Times are changing. You know, the old school way of just picking up, you know, the accounts that have got to be done and sending them out. Clients appreciate, you know, clients are needing much more than that. And if you want to get those high fees and you want to deliver that great service, then we need to increase the the relationship time, the contact time, the value that we are giving to clients, that personal touch, that personal connection, because that's what they're coming to you for. That's what they come to small firms like us for. People leave the bigger firms because they lose that personal connection. They lose that personal touch. They don't like being passed from pillar to post, having six people to deal with for their affairs. So you want to give a client one point of contact. That point of contact doesn't have to be you, though. But what you want to do is every client should have a home. 
So have a system where you have client managers or even, you know, I say client managers, but it doesn't have to be someone who is managerial as such. It could be someone with experience, even some of our juniors in the practice. I mean, we call them juniors, but they've been with us a few years. They can handle clients. They can handle the smaller clients. Every client should have a home. And then that person, that client manager in inverted commas, is responsible for everything to do with that client. So that's the first thing you do. You want to delegate that responsibility of managing everything to do with the client to the client manager. Give them ownership, give them responsibility, and through that, they will become accountable to the client. So they're responsible for the client A to Z. And that helps you to then start allocating work through your practice, allocating clients through your practice. Because then it's the client manager's responsibility to manage everything to do with that client. And depending on your structure, you might have a system where client manager does all the day-to-day, does the bookkeeping, but maybe they are experienced in doing accounts and you have a separate accounts team that you know they would then liaise with. But it's that client manager's responsibility because they are responsible and accountable to the client. Make sure that your team members know that, that they're not responsible to you. You're giving them a client. They are now responsible to that client for everything that needs to be done. And whether that means overseeing and managing you know, the payroll to make sure that gets done, to make sure the get accounts get done, they are the go-between between whoever does the actual piece of work in the practice and managing all the obligations that the client has and, and making sure all of those are met. Of course, the prerequisite to that is that you need to have the systems in place to help your team members. You don't expect them just to manage things on their own and not on, on, a, on a spreadsheet. You know, make sure you've got the right practice management solutions that everybody is using so that everybody knows the status of any job, any particular time, all documentation is held centrally and things like that so that uh, you know the systems are doing the heavy lifting so that your team members can focus on the client delivery side of things. So then what you want to be doing is, in terms of how much to allocate, now this is the million dollar question, and it's not always down to your team members, because part of that is you, as a practice owner, getting your pricing and positioning right. People will tell you, oh, you know, you need to have this third or third third model, which is you know, quite archaic now, and I don't believe that exists anymore. You know, you can have any profit margin that you please, really, all down to your pricing and positioning and how efficient you get, uh, in line with those four pillars that I talk about. But Pricing is down to you. So yes, you should aim for certainly having your team members return to you a return on investment or at least three times their salary, right? So each client manager should be managing a portfolio around about three times their salary. And if they have a junior to support them, then it should be three times the aggregate salary of whoever it is, whichever number of team members are required to service that number of clients within that portfolio. Now, three times is probably a minimum. You can get up to four or five times for the more profitable firms. But if you think about it like this, if you've got three times, then let's say your total salary costs are £100,000, which means that your revenue should be around 300. If your revenue is 300, your direct labor costs are around 100, your software costs might be around uh, you know, software plus overhead, I'd say maybe 20% is more than enough. Um, you shouldn't really be spending more than 20% of your turnover on overhead and uh, software. So that's what 20%, that's 60,000 plus 100,000, 160 off 300 gives you a near enough 50% net profit margin. And that is what you should be aiming for. If you're not quite there yet, then, you know, it's probably your pricing and positioning that needs tweaking rather than looking at um, skimping on your team. But essentially, that's the kind of portfolio should be... Uh, uh, aiming for. That said, if your team members aren't delivering that, it's not really down to them. It might not all be down to them because if your pricing is not on point, then clearly those numbers are not going to stack up. 
if your pricing is poor and you're not actually uh, positioning yourself well as a as a, as a specialist and you haven't repriced your clients in a long time then those numbers are clearly going to be off so there's you know there's not just one variable that you can tweak there's a couple of variables that need addressing to be able to ascertain whether your team members are actually managing uh, enough in terms of a portfolio therefore it's not going to be a benchmark this is the same across all practices it all depends on your pricing and positioning so that said we want to aim for a three times but you want to allocate the responsibility to your team have a look at overall is it uh, in line with uh, you know generally is it uh, uh, matching across the board now there are variances in our team for example because you know some of our our client managers are managing a bigger portfolio than others but again it's about having those open conversations it's about creating that culture of high performance of taking time out of the equation so you focus solely on results and creating that culture where everyone is helping each other team members are open with each other when they are getting really busy they shout and other people help them because they know when they are in a similar situation then they would want others to help them as well about getting your team to be open about saying i've got capacity now i'm happy to to help and take on additional work so you know, although it all boils down to having that open culture, the open culture of communication of your team members gelling well together, and that starts from you. That starts from the leadership that you instill and uh, uh, drive home from the top. So people need to be led and check out my other episodes on that as well. Okay, hopefully that's given you some value. Unfortunately, I've got to call it a day there because I've just arrived at the office the first time in a long time that I'm actually having to work on a Friday. <laughs> I'm doing a Notion Power Hour session for members of the pack. I'm introducing Matthew and my team who will be doing them going forward. But uh, just to give him some moral support, I have agreed for him, who's getting a bit nervous, to introduce him to the uh, to the pack members and show him that it isn't as, uh, as bad as you might think. Um, so just come into the office for the first time in a long time because Fridays have been blocked out for me for as long as I can remember uh, since I started my practice even I never used to work on Fridays because I used to take my kids swimming in the morning and then I had Friday prayers and then in the afternoon uh, it used to be kind of me time so I never had my diary was always blocked out on a Friday um, I would still kind of work you know from home or whatever on a laptop but I would never have any meetings scheduled on a Friday that clearly has changed today but hopefully you found this useful uh, if you've got any follow-up questions from this because I know you probably will I've only just scratched the surface of this clearly I can't go into that as much depth that's what I do inside the pack on my deep dive training session so if you found this value when you want to know more and you want to spend more time you want to pick my brains on these things on an ongoing basis and go really deep then you know what to do come and join the pack because that's exactly what we do we go deep on these particular sessions I do 90 minute training sessions every Every single month a deep dive and our next session is actually on on matters of building a team attracting the best talent retaining your high performers and I'll be covering all of these topics in my next session which is actually next week first Wednesday of the month and then I have ask me anything sessions once a month as well where you can come on and ask me any, any questions use me as your personal coach in uh, in those sessions so you get complete clarity and focus on what to do going forward based on the experience that I have in running my practice and also the experience that I've gained in working with hundreds of accountants and helping them to do the same so i better go now i uh, hope you have a, a great weekend and i'll catch up with you very soon bye for now thank you for listening if you want to spend more time together get access to me personally for your questions access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants or helping each other then come and join the pack the profitable accountants community 
There's a hundred plus accountants that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshood.com forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. Take care.